what you know about it. It's the stool, baby. Got the knees and blocks. Young stool, baby. And the room a lot. Hello, hello, you're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Say hello, Chris Stewart. Hi, guys. Andre Conaparo. Hello. We have one guest today in the building, Peter Lemos. Hi, I'm here. I'm currently chewing on a morning bun from Proof. That's why that might crackle <laughs> in the microphone. I swallowed a lot of mine before I should it's, have. It's Lemos, right? Not Lemos. I say Lemos. I I've, I've say both, but Lemos is the most... That's what I say. Son of a bitch. Two ways. Limos. Two ways. It's all good. Like limon with an S. Like lemon with an S. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, we're here at 9 a.m., earliest podcast we've ever done. Yeah, breaking great. records, doing drive time. See a lot of red eyes in the audience today. I, I have allergies. <laughs> Chris is a little giddy. A little, a little morning giddy. I'm a weirdo in the morning. Yeah. I'm a handful. Yep. Yep. So is my dog. Huh? Buckle up, What do you listeners. do in the morning that's weird? I just can't stop moving. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> do you do exercise or just like rifling around your you house know, you and think doing you, stuff? You think I rifle around and mostly talk. And, you know, like if I'm near somebody, this person is like, you can't be serious right now. Like, why are you saying all these things to me? Uh, I haven't even had a cigarette or a coffee yet. Mostly my French girlfriend says that stuff to me. Because she's like, what is this shit in the morning? She's very French in the morning. So you know, you're yeah. a talker in, in La Manana. Yeah. Much to the lady's chagrin. No, she thinks it's cute. Um, well, you know, you're working in the you're working in the biz where you have to wake up early. You have to be on, kind of. Mm. Well, you, yeah, Peter. yeah, I can. Yep. Yeah, you gotta do. Yeah. Um, I'm like medium. I'm perfectly balanced in the morning. You get up earlier now, though. Sorry, I guys. Up, I got up around like seven every day. No, that's bueno. I just picture Blink One Eight Two lyrics right now. I'm sorry, what? That's like growing up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess this is growing up. Uh, shout out to Dano. Um, he never wrote a song about getting up early, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, was not, that was not in the lyrics. Um, and, and Peter has a restaurant where he gets, when you have your own restaurant, you can make whatever hours you want. You just end up working all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you never stop. The, the world's hours become your hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you're working, because you've worked at a bunch of other restaurants yes, before correct. where you're on somebody else's schedule. Yes. And now that you have your own spot, what are, your, what are the hours of your current business? Right, right now, we're open noon to six. See? Um, That's how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> Midday. Not, not too early. Yeah, noon to six is, I mean, but obviously you're working um, before that and after that. Uh, exactly. We're what would you have to do before and after you open? <laughs> Prep all the food. It, the, the space is so small, we're getting so busy that we're finding out that we basically prep enough well i do um to, to get through the day and then we sell out of, of pretty much everything and yeah. then we have to come Start back over. in the morning and restock everything that's awesome that's good and then well, yeah it's, the, it's, the restaurant that you have is called wax paper and co or co well wax paper, wax paper wax paper was a domain name that was already taken so we had to add the co so that's the website but the name of the shop is just wax okay paper. it's just called wax paper it's a very small sandwich shop in the Frogtown neighborhood of L.A., which is very close to my house, like mm -hmm. near Silver mm -hmm. Lake, Los, Los Feliz, and it, it Echo goes... Echo Park. 
Echo Park, yeah. It hugs the L.A. River. It's like a weird, mysterious part of town yeah. that not a lot of people have ever even been to or yeah. even heard of in L.A. It's, it's great if you're in a gang mm-hmm. then, or if you're a river folk. Yeah. But it really yeah. is a good gang neighborhood. There's yeah. not a lot of points of entry for the No, police. there's lots of there's lots of dead ends, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot much yeah. like Highland Park where Stewie has has lived for a long time. Yeah. There's a lot of nooks and crannies. Avenues are a real thing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and Frogtown is ripe with avenues. avenues. And, we have stairs though. Oh. They use the stairs. It's not a competition. You have the stairs. They have Echo a friendly gangsters. They have a whole yeah. river. <laughs> they got yeah. they walk. They've got big calves <laughs> and uh, and hammies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you have twelve to six at your restaurant. What are you doing? What time do you show up to start prepping every day? Show up about nine in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, start prepping. My wife will usually make the smart and final run. She'll go to Continental Sausage where we get all our our cured meats and hams and mm-hmm. bologna and stuff and like this that. is every day pretty much every day six days a week Damn. we're off on sunday and then friday and saturday we're gonna open up at nine mm-hmm. so right now we're doing like nine to six and, and these hours will change in the new year mm-hmm. i think in the new year it's gonna be more like 11 to 5 something mm-hmm. like that to serve That's... lunch and then we can open up friday and saturday and nine to five and, and have a couple a couple breakfast items what kind of breakfast items are we talking about? would be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Breakfast sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um, well, going through the permit process, we had a lot of resistance on putting cooking equipment in the space. Um, it is a very small to, space. It's like a shipping container. It was. It, it was, was supposed to be a shipping container. Now it just looks like a shipping container, but it is like a <laughs> wood-framed building. Is that right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Get is that right? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a smart looks, idea. It's a facade. Huh. Yeah. Corrugated steel facade. Yeah. Um, and so, and there's no gas lines on the properties or anything. So that's, we couldn't even like, you know, put a stove in if we wanted to really. Oh. So, um, so you had to think outside the box. So we, gotta th- we had to think outside the box. We have to, so I'm doing a lot of cooking at my apartment right now, <laughs> bringing it to the shop, pickling stuff at, at home and yeah. bringing it to the shop. Is that legal? Um, <laughs> yeah, could be. It's, like, yeah, it's fine. It, it, it's, Define legal. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's so a question for the lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> People who don't work in food or, or don't live in LA, LA has one of the most famously difficult and and brain breaking permitting and food processes mm-hmm. in business, and it's it's usually a big conversation for anybody who's trying to open a restaurant or work in it, and it you know. They do not make it easy for the small business no. who's trying to slang some Sammy's. Enough to make you not yeah. want to do it at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my, my wife and I definitely had that conversation a few times in the process. And I think the only reason that we, we made it is because we were just so naive to start. Right. <laughs> and right. We, just, we just had enough, no, had no clue. Like, eh, we and got then we're like, fuck, we took out a huge loan. Oh, shit. We, gotta, <laughs> we have to do this. We have to open up. We have to start making money. We can't just walk away. So oh, that's I think. Yeah, that is was, a good first-time small business entrepreneur spirit to have. Is just you have to be dumb enough to just go for it head on. <laughs> we were definitely dumb. Because a lot of people are like, "Hey, would you do this project restaurant tour?" Who's done ten restaurants, and they're gonna be like, "I don't want to." They know. Yeah, yeah. It's like the first time you hike Mount Everest. You don't know it's gonna be that bad. <laughs> looks like it. You got to be a little naive. So, what are you doing to? Make all of your food in the restaurant without having things like a stove or an oven or a gas or anything like that. <laughs> so, cooking without cooking. Uh, have a yes. little in- induction burner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Very hot right now. And 
so no I pun just, intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gets pretty hot. Um, so I'll do a couple things on the induction burner. Uh, maybe make pickles or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we move forward in the next couple months, um, I definitely want to use that a lot more and, and figure out how much can I do in the in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm and sure I'm going to be able to cook a lot more. And you guys uh, have bread that needs to be toasted at this restaurant. We do. And you don't have a stove or a toaster. Don't have a stove or toaster. We have a Searsall. So they sear oh, all right the on. bread for the toast. That's amazing. It's so, a smart-ass move. We take... Take the brioche and sears all the the bread. Does hmm. sears alling ever get old, or is it always fun? It, it, it's fun. <laughs> I, I say for toasting bread, it's fun. If you're trying to like sears all some creative like flat iron steak and make it perfectly medium rare, maybe may a little hard. Oh, but, okay. But toasting bread, yeah, it's great. <clears throat> so easy yeah. to toast bread with. A little bit harder to yeah. sear a perfect yeah. sous vide steak or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of finessing. Yeah. What, so exactly. You just blasting through those little Coleman guys. Yep. You, yeah. So you use little, little green ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blasting Short Coleman. Stubby. Blast yeah. They were. That's. Yeah. They, they. They like. They like scream at you like, please use this one that's uh-huh. not the long skinny one because it will fall over. Yeah. It will fully fall over. Yeah. So. I definitely had the long skinny one for a little bit and yeah. it fell over all the time. Yeah. Especially the house, when you got so. a big ass sears all. It's top heavy. Yeah. Oh, it's not that it's even that heavy. It's just. Bulky, so it like yeah. gets caught on stuff. Look like a brontosaurus. Yeah, you knock it over with your elbow all the time. All the time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this. Yeah, you got to get there. Serious all problems. Yeah, yeah, when you're when you're directions <laughs> thoroughly. When you're on Amazon.com buying your Christmas present, um, when this podcast comes out, it's after Christmas. But make sure you get the stubby one when you're doing the package yeah. gift package. <laughs> get the yeah. bundle, whatever Amazon says. Well, the Amazon stub might bundle. Say, don't get the tall bundle. They don't. They no. don't talk about it. <laughs> they don't talk about it. Well, that's a liability bundle. Yeah. Let, let's talk about your restaurant menu. You guys have. It's pretty much a very small focus menu of sandwiches, a couple salads, and but all the sandwiches are named after NPR hosts. Yes, which is a wise move. That was just a crazy gimmick that my wife and I thought when we were driving in the car, and we love that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where uh, Larry David and Ted Danson, or Larry David wants to change the name of his sandwich and. Mm-hmm. Ted Dance is not having it. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Are you bummed that everyone asks you about the NPR host sandwich more than your food? Or does that I, happen? It does. It happens all the time. People <laughs> come in, they say, oh, I love NPR. I listen to this all the time. Or, oh, my God, Kai Rizdal. Kai, that's amazing. Do you have yeah. to do like a lot of NPR nerds coming in to talk shop with you? <laughs> we have a couple people coming in, and it sucks when like they start talking about DJs that I don't know. And I'm like, oh. I thought you were one of us, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, Ch- Steve Chiatakis. I'm like, oh, whoa, I got it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a deep pull. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a I, deep cut. <laughs> I, I'm always listening to KPCC. The radio's always on. I mean, even when we lived together, we just uh, the radio was always tuned to KPCC, just on all day long. And when I read the article in LA Weekly, I got really excited, nerding out. I was like, oh, that's such a great idea. But then Jason and I were talking about it, and I was like, I want to know. The the radio host was like, why why didn't I get a sandwich named after me? Like, <laughs> yeah. like the w- well, like who are the bummed people? And I know I heard on the frame exactly he, John Horn. John Horn mentioned yeah. if you guys wanted to make a John Horn sandwich and, and gave you the recipe, it was kind of like a BLT kind of, or is it like it's like a grilled cheese with bacon? Grilled cheese with bacon, and I just thought that was so cool because it was like, yeah, I mean, 
who wouldn't want a sandwich yeah. named after him? And yeah, true. And I'm just very. I happy think a lot of I, there's so many NPR hosts who have insane names. Yes, and I feel like if well, your name is saying, mm-hmm. I'm just like that's if great. your name is John yeah. Horn, you're low on yeah. the list. Exactly. It's tough to beat with all these people. Yeah, because it seems like every NPR person has yeah. just a wild, crazy, insane name like yeah. Lakshmi Singh or. Hedy Lynn Hurdy's reached out, Hedy, uh, and uh, I would like to try to get her on the menu soon. Or even yeah. just like Kai Rizdal, Kai Rizdal. It's such Rizdal. a bizarre name. I've never <laughs> met a Kai or a, R- or a Rizdal. Put them together, you're destined Kai. for NPR. Yeah. I've Kai before. Now you don't have an A. Martinez on the menu. No. Can, was... you, can you promise me you will never have an A. Martinez <laughs> on the menu? Because he ruined my morning when he took over <laughs> Madeline Brand show. <laughs> <laughs> You're really. Um, this is contentious. I'm still. Wow. I'm I still. I'm so yeah. angry because I think the Madeline Brand show, when it was on, was like some of the best morning radio ever. It was so interesting. Your and brand of radio. My brand of whimsy radio. <laughs> and then they my brand them. was brand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm okay with take two, just as long as A. Martinez is not talking or doing an interview. So fuck A. Martinez. Yes. <laughs> but sorry, mom. That's it. That's it. That's that's my two cents about A. Martinez. What? Um, Noted. My my favorite sandwich there is the is the Ira Glass, which is yeah, the full yeah. veggie sandwich, which really reminds me of we grew up in Orange County, and he grew mm-hmm. up like in Santa, Santa Cruz, Cruz area, in Northern California. So like the hippie that, sandwich. The hippie exactly. sandwich is exactly. like so classic, and it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I thought that was like really menu. classic. It's like really classic California too. Like, yep. I remember my my mom making it growing up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, Completely. Where, is that? Where are you from? I grew up in the high desert. Right on. Yeah, Lancaster. Right yeah, like a one one stoplight town. I grew up in the oh, middle really? of nowhere. No kidding. Yeah, that's awesome. Which I think really kind of explains my love of food because we didn't. We grew up really in the middle of nowhere and in the desert. And so, growing up, my mom always made it a point to have dinner on the table. So I think that's kind of where I got because there's nowhere else to go. Because you can't, yeah, you just have to make food for yourself. Mom's so. doing it. So you said yeah. Lancaster. Yeah. Okay. What is that? What is that near? Palmdale. Palmdale? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's a little south of Mojave mm-hmm. in the desert. I ironically know of these names mostly just from all the years from uh, when they they would call out all the different the the radio signs for K, like KCW with like Palmdale oh, yeah, yeah. Lincoln. Mm-hmm. That's the, yeah. that's yeah. how they're burned in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. KCRY. They're, that's where they're just <laughs> uh, they're just like burned in my brain. That's why I was like, I just know that they're near each other. I know other. about it from Jewel Hauser's California's Gold. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the best show. <laughs> Good lord, this is amazing. This is amazing. God. Yeah, I feel like a lot of. Because he was a kind of a desert rat. He has a bunch of houses in Mojave and stuff like, like that. Gigantic like some of the craziest property. houses like you've ever seen in your life. Like he he owns a lot of them. Up. And he, he used to do his dirt down there in the desert. You know what I mean? Hiding <laughs> <Yeah>. bodies. <laughs> the coyotes. Coyotes going to get these. What, uh, so what kind of food did you grow up on in, in the high desert? Um, just she was, she was a great cook, and my mom will tell you that she's... You know, not the best cook in the world, but she did just all the simple things I think everybody has, like spaghetti and meatballs. So, like white people food? Pizza and white people, suburban family food of the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. But the hippie sandwich yeah. is a nice nod to, you know, yeah. like good stuff. Yeah. I agree. All right, were you ever vegetarian in your life? No, never vegetarian. Straight edge? Um, so lucky. So lucky. <laughs> what do you mean, so lucky? I'm, I'm teasing. He was vegan for 10 years. I'm being sarcastic. And that's why he turned out how he is now. Yeah, that's why he's all giddy in the morning. 
<laughs> yeah, that's why he gets all crazy around time. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> he he sees yeah. red when cheese comes around because his body has been deprived. I'm and back, and you guys also on the hippie sandwich, you use a shredded cheddar and not yeah. a sliced cheddar. Ooh, that's a good call. Which yeah. is a good move. Yeah. I, so I've never been. I'm the only one, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, what's on the hippie sandwich? The, uh, the Ira glass. Yeah, it comes on this really great bread from Bub and Grandma's that he makes for us. It's like a seeded sourdough. Yeah, Meat. that bread. I think the bread is the real winner I mean, the, of that one. Yeah, and it's, it's, and it's covered it's in like poppy delicious. seeds. Is that what poppy it is? Seeds. Which came first, the sandwich or the bread? Ooh. A sandwich. Mm. But then we knew we needed a good bread. Mm. So, mm-hmm. And I think our bread has really set us apart so far. Um, the rest of the bread comes from Achea, um, which is down at Torrance. They do a really good job with their breads. We taste it a lot, and theirs have a really good balance between, you know, obviously price, and but flavor and, and their willingness to work with us and take a chance on us. Because right. we had, you know, opening up and trying to line purveyors up was hard because nobody really, you know, everybody wanted to do everything COD. And when you have oh. so many expenses to, to think about opening the shop, um, you know, it's hard to. And they, they wanted to work with us and they were willing to you know, extend us credit from the beginning. So that was really helpful. That's cool. And willing Real to deliver up. small orders and stuff. So, so yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a great company. But Andy makes the Bub and Grandma's the wheat for the Irish. They could glass. just deliver those breads up the river. Canoe. Send him a boat. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I was just thinking you're you're next to like a smoke signals. Yeah, you know, you're next to a, a port of transit, depending on how homeless you are. You shoot a flare as soon as they pull up alongside. Yeah, you just get a little just when you're done at the end of the day, put the flat and just throw it over the fence into the river. It'll downstream. go downstream all the way to Torrance before it hits the ocean. No they snag it. I like this. Mm-hmm. It's really artisanal, getting back to Mother Nature. That's the way they used to do Solar it. Solar power. Yeah, no, using, older times. using yeah. this man-made power. concrete, <laughs> this concrete Man man-made power. river, the way our forefathers did. Um, so you have this sweet-ass bread. Hey, there's Jay, something well, about that bread. I don't know what it is. It's like it's sourdough, but it's like like every millimeter of the crust seems to be covered in poppy seeds. Mm-hmm. They're just like... Pop off in the mouth. Mm-hmm. He goes nuts with the poppy seeds. So, so, you, <laughs> got, so you got the poppy seed bread. We have, I haven't gotten to what else is on this sandwich. Poppy seed bread, garlic aioli, avocados. And okay. no stranger with the aioli. You, you do a lot of it. Yes. Which is good. Pretty really, much every really sandwich has some sort of schmear. Fatty schmear. Well, I, I like a, a lot of people don't like them like that with a lot of mayonnaise or dressing or yeah, mustard I, or whatever. I love it. So I'm me, heavy on the mayo. Me yeah. too. I mean, yeah. especially on a hippie sandwich. You, like, it's all you got. I mean, you really yeah. need a decent like spread of veganaise or aioli mm-hmm. or mayonnaise or something to kind of finish that sandwich off. Otherwise, it gets a little dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we avocado schmear? A rub down? Like a, or, uh, are we talking <laughs> no, bowl? sliced. Avocado. Okay. Sliced avocados. And the avocado game is hard because it's... You know, it's like look at, looking into a crystal ball when you pick up an avocado. You're like, I have no idea what's yeah. inside. This mm, could completely. be good. This could be bad. They're yeah. expensive. Yeah. Um, really high cost. So sometimes yeah. you gotta a six it. And they're very. So sometimes it. So yeah, if we don't have, if we run out of the bread, don't well, make a sandwich. Sure. If we run out of avocado, same thing. We just don't. Don't make a sandwich. Um, yes, you got to. Yeah, that, I never thought about the avocado. But part. like keeping the avocado, then it's torturous. Yeah, it's hard. Like, do you when when you have it halfway cut? Do you leave it out? Do you put it in the fridge? Do you wrap it in? Plastic? We just go. We go, we go through them. There's about half an avocado on a sandwich, and we just go through them enough yeah. that we just leave them out. You just eat them. Do you buy them yeah. in advance to let yeah. them ripen? Yeah. yeah, we've had some of them in the neighbor dropped off a huge bag of green avocados a couple of weeks ago. 
and they've they're slowly getting there now, which is great. Like if I can find, I know there's tons of avocado trees in Frogtown, yeah. so I'm just like I'm on the lookout. Like if anybody sure. knows yeah. anybody with avocados yeah, that wants to drop them off, we'll trade for sandwiches or something. But good to know. Um, but yeah, we go. Uh, Costco has pretty good avocados. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, they're they're pretty green, so you got to get them a few days in advance. Exactly. Um, but they're they're big and. Um, when I had more time, I would go to the Atwater Farmer's Market mm-hmm. and I would get avocados from they have a guy over there. Oh, yeah. oh sure. Um, it's good. Which is great. It's not cheap as well. Yeah, nope, not cheap. Yeah, but if, <laughs> you, I think if you have a, you know, a standing order with him, it goes down. You're buying yeah. a bulk? Yeah. All right, so we got the sure. avocados. We got, avocado. the sh- we got the Sprouts. shredded Tillamook cheddar. Yes. Shout out to Tillamook. Hey, Shout guys, out to Tillamook. Very good Morgan's cheddar. finest. Um, and Sprouts. Ye- yellow cheese. Sprouts. What kind of Sprouts are we talking here? Alfalfa. Word. <laughs> what? Standard alfalfa. Uh-huh. Alfalfa sprouts. Sometimes, again, if I'm at that water market, I'll get radish sprouts or something. But, oh, nice. Um, they're nice. Um, alfalfa sprouts is really, if you're talking about the hippie sandwich, it's yep. alfalfa sprouts. Exactly. <laughs> but then there's, you know, there, that's a finicky one, too. Yeah. That goes bad so quick. It does. They get mold so fast. Yeah. That's why yeah. most yeah. restaurants don't really mess with them too much. Yeah. Their shelf life is really short, is shallow. Yeah. And you got to be on it. Say lovey. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta be on it. <laughs> gotta be me. on it with the, mm-hmm. in the sprout game. Yeah, man. Have you considered me. like a vegan bacon bit in there? No, I haven't. <laughs> That's <laughs> I how we used to do them. Vegan bacon. Back bits. in our vegan. Yeah, well, bacon's. Like yeah, bacon's are technically vegan. Yeah. It's, not it's made just of like anything, crazy, really. horrible chemicals that yeah. taste like bacon, but they mm-hmm. add a nice crunch to the veggie sandwich and rounds it a little up. smokiness because they think there's liquid smoke in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll make you a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. If you would, sure maybe delicious. you could find a way to make your own bacos, house-made bacos. Yeah, just take that one day like off a week that you have on Sundays eat. and just spend all go into the R and D. Yeah, R and D. You can buy some, Bacos. borrow some xanthan gum and my <laughs> centrifuge if you want to get it popping. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get my modernist cuisine mm-hmm. off the shelf. <laughs> Deconstructing the baco. I just put some cardboard on there. Fuck it. Yeah, just some. some just what? put some cardboard on there. It'll be fine. No, no. <laughs> Card- Card- cardboard, rough. cardboard, and smoke paper. Get the sears all and some cardboard. <laughs> Got yourself baco. Ooh. Why is the sandwich on fire? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hippies. <laughs> it's like Berlin hippies this time. Burn everything down. Um, well, let's let's talk about where you what you did before this restaurant. Yeah. You've been you've been chefing for a long time. Yeah. What other what other spots did you work at beforehand? Uh, I've been about well cooking professionally. I went to school culinary school in 2004. That was the main year, and then where'd you go before the Cordon Bleu in Pasadena? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all closing down. I think you guys heard. Yeah. Yeah. All oh, yeah. culinary schools closing. That's crazy. Which is insane. Well, were you, were you, some, were you some... anti-Cordon Bleu at no, the time? I, or are you pro-Cordon Bleu? When I was there, I was kind of, I was, it, it was fine. Like, in looking back, I could have applied myself probably a lot harder and gotten a lot more out that's of the education. Like, but I think well, that's I mean, everyone's um, experience. I mean, more go. so in the way that a lot of people are vocal against Cordon Bleu, that it's like a, a money trap to... Yeah, kind of like the Musicians Institute or whatever, where they make people pay tons of money mm-hmm. and they don't really give them what they promise, like compared to yeah. a CIA or yeah. a different kind of school like that. Exactly. I th- I, it didn't. I, it didn't I, feel like that when you were there. Not not when I was there, but I mean, looking back, I'm sure that it, it's very. You know, I don't. I, I I'm not really in touch with anybody I went to school with, but the few people that. I am like a lot of them aren't even in the industry anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, That's pretty normal. Looking back, do you feel like you regret going to culinary school at all? 
No, I think I think it it put me on the track to get into a kitchen, and mm-hmm. I, I I think maybe the one thing that I did have when I was there is that I knew like that I wanted to start from the bottom in, in a restaurant. Yeah, you know, I guess I was fortunate in that way that I was able to you know I didn't have to immediately think about you know repaying my loan back or getting like a high paying job. Um, it's impossible. So. I had, my expectations were realistic. Like I knew that I wanted to mm-hmm. just go into a restaurant and just be a line cook for three or four years. Mm-hmm. And then, well, and what was the first restaurant you worked at out of school? The first restaurant was a place called Avenue in Manhattan Beach, hmm. which is not there. It's it's now Darren's or something. I think. Um, anyway, <laughs> great spot, like overlooking the ocean on Manhattan Avenue, Manhattan mm-hmm. Beach. Um, it's a long way from Lancaster, buddy. It's a long way from Lancaster, and, yeah. it was, and I was there for a few months, and it was kind of a stupid move. I would commute from Lancaster, where Good I was Lord. living, to Manhattan Beach, and then work eight or ten hours, and then drive back to Lancaster like five days a week. And I did that for a few months. How long of a drive is that? Two hours? That was, yeah, hour and 45 minutes, probably, one Woo! way. Hachi much. Yeah. That's a dedication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was nuts. 30 for 30. It, it was nuts. Uh-huh. Um, and Can then imagine just finishing a full day no, in the yeah. kitchen, and then like, well, I'm gonna go drive two hours home. Yeah, try not to die. Yeah, try I mean, that's like asleep. going from here to San Diego, commuting every single day for work. Oh yeah, or just working in San Monica and living on the east side. Sure, yeah. basically an hour and a half commute every day. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, no, but especially that kind of labor-intensive, long hour stress environment, and then you're getting in your car and. Just, Again, hoping not to fall asleep on the way home. Stuff that yeah. you could do when you were young. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Very, <laughs> yeah. very age-specific. Yeah. So do you have mentors that were there or just after the beyond? I think that was beyond. And then after that, I worked at a small martini bar with a friend um, that we could just kind of fuck around and create whatever we wanted to make and put it on the menu. And I don't, It's still mm-hmm. there. It's called a fat dog now, I think. It's in Montrose. Um, Montrose, like Glendale. Yeah, like north north of Glendale off the 210. I like Montrose a lot. And that was a little closer to Lancaster, but at that time yeah. I had moved to Pasadena, so I was living in Pasadena, so that was So what kind of weird stuff were you making? Not a lot of weird stuff, but just like you just had the, shrimp the freedom cocktail. to do Just the freedom to like do what you know the owner would say, hey, I want to put shrimp cocktail on the menu. Like, okay, great, so we'll put shrimp cocktail on the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like fucking around and being young and... Um, drinking martinis, drinking lots of martinis, hanging out with old white women, yes. <laughs> cougar town, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Gin or vodka? Uh, vodka. Mm. Me too. Yeah, myself. Me three. No, I'm yeah. the only one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Say that. Sam, my girlfriend mm-hmm. likes gin. What's up? Only gin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after that, where'd you go? And then after that, again, um, I wanted to get into fine dining. Um, the first cookbook I ever got was a French Laundry cookbook, like the real cookbook I got. That I, I have mm. ever gotten. I got that before I went into the culinary first school. Bobby Flay Christmas cookbook. Yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> my grandma, you know, like flavors of Mexico or something. Ours. <laughs> <laughs> so chilies of the world. <laughs> I think reading reading that book was really inspiring. So I knew I wanted to get into fine dining, um, and I like a challenge. I I put myself in situations where that are very you know that are hard and i have to i have to adapt to them um so i threw my resume to this place in napa in yonville kind of across 
the highway from French Laundry. It's called wow. Etoile. Is that Domaine Chandon at the winery? There's a restaurant called Etoile. Now it has a Michelin star, I believe, mm. or two. After you were done with it. After I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after I worked my magic. Um, <laughs> so I moved from Pasadena up to Napa. I'd worked at this restaurant for a year. Damn. And like super fine dining, but super like mid-2000s fine dining, like lobster tail and emulsions and weird sort of. Mm-hmm. You know, beet gelée and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is like a story that a culinary rom com would be made out of. Quite possible. Going to give it all up. How I met your Napa. restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might even fall in love with a waitress there. Yeah, exactly. Except you didn't do that. No. <laughs> Long distance. My girlfriend was living here at the time. Oh, yeah. so you did a year in Napa. Yeah, Napa. Back down to LA. Uh, 2007. I. Opened craft in Century City. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I was part of the opening team. Um, one of the line cooks. I was a line cook there. Um, that's where I met Matt Acarino, who was the chef de cuisine there. Um, and it was crazy, like thinking about that time at Craft. I don't know what it was, but when I was there, I was there for a year and a half, almost two years. And there was, I was there. Um, Micah from Micah Micah Wexler mm. was a sous chef there at the same time. Wow. Jonathan Whitener who was the last chef of Animal, um, was there with me cooking on the line. Um, my buddy Paul, who now works with Micah downtown, was there working on the line. Sean Pham from um, Simbal was there as a line cook as well. Damn. Um, so this is the, so we were like, the 94 Bulls. <laughs> I was going to say, this is, this is the 1991 and Bulls. We were all, Bulls. Morgan was there. She does pastry for Animal. Um, so we were all in the kitchen at the same time, like in 2007. Wow. Just working together. LA, LA hit list. Yeah. Except you yeah. had to be in Century City. Yeah. Well, we did that. <laughs> we did all that in Century City. That's um, dope. And then I was there at Kraft for like a year and a half. And that was such an insane restaurant because there was no expense was spared. I mean, from like the dining room to the kitchen, there was just the best French steel pans. You could have copper everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever ingredient you wanted. Whatever ingredient. I mean, Matt would just get, you know, truffles and anything. Mm-hmm. Incredible fish and incredible meats. And we had a, there was a separate walk in for dairy and produce and meat. And it was just like mm. the most incredible kind of learning environment <laughs> to see like the best of the best yeah. kitchens. Boy, um, that's kind of underrated spot i never um, went there yeah is it still open still open yeah yeah still okay. open the andrew who was uh, a line cook with me now too has just been there the whole time and now he's the chef de cuisine mm. so he's worked worked all the way up um mm-hmm. which is great so i want to go like go over there check it out see see how he's doing which would be fun go kick the tires yeah <laughs> <laughs> what are you losers uh, doing over here yeah uh and you also worked at bazaar is that true? I did, yeah, for five or six months. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Vitaggio. That's a wild spot. Yeah. Michael Vitaggio was there for about two weeks, and then he went to do Top Chef. Ah, uh, funny. Um, and so I was there. It was kind of, well, it was, it was, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was, it was like working in a hotel where, you know, you have, there's, so many rules about employment yeah. and you know you have to everyone has to take a break and so there's like you know two people in every station so it's just kind of like you know 
know, it, it's, it is it's what it is. It's a, it's a nine to five, and you get there, and you show up, and you don't. It's it's different than being in sort of like a chef driven restaurant where you're going to the farmers market on your off time, and mm-hmm. you're coming in a little bit early to make pasta or whatever, and then you know staying late and shooting the shit. It was a different different yeah, experience yeah, yeah. at it was a at a hotel. Chefing for the man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that a lot about. I mean, it seems kind of like a bummer. And also, when you're in a restaurant in a hotel, like the menu kind of has to be very consistent, and you have to do like oh, possibly sure. room service stuff, and you're just kind of mm-hmm. making the same basic shit that you're un- not inspired to make yeah. every day in and day yeah. out. And then I'm sure the menu has to go by like the food and beverage director; he has to approve it, and all. Yeah. There's just like lots of bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what were you doing pre Quote on Blue then? I got you into it. What was the, the impetus to, to, to go to school? Uh, looking back, I think I just, I always liked cooking. I mean, I've just, th- throughout my childhood, my first cookbook was uh, my aunt signed it to me in 1987. So oh. I think, like, at, even at five years old, I had some sort of, I was showing some sort of interest in the kitchen and, and cooking. And, um, but I mean, after high school, I kind of just like fuck around and go to community college and yeah. take, uh, English class and not really know what you're doing. General ed, random r- r- Russian roulette with general ed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. normal so stuff. I did that for a couple of years and then finally I was just like, you know what? I want to go to culinary school. So I just you know, did it. And made, let's made let's it. talk about opening your restaurant now. Yeah. What did you, you did it all independently with no investors? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, we've, you know, we've asked our parents have been more than generous. Um, but it's all like family members. Mhm. Um, when there's no, we don't really have anybody else, and it's just a, f- a, f- a few family members. It's um, good. It's a very, it's a very small circle, and yeah, my wife and I just scraped money and mm-hmm. maxed out the it, credit cards, maxed, maxed everything out, and made it happen. How much did it cost to open? We had it. We're probably it's you know upwards of fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. To open that small spot, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not—it's not an exorbitant it's amount. A small of, amount of, of money, money compared to a lot of restaurant openings, exactly for sure, exactly. But it's also a very tiny spot, exactly, like the size of my living room. Yeah. Um, but it's also beautifully done and like yeah. very well crafted. Yeah. So I don't think you were—you definitely weren't doing like the kind of place where you go in and it's just yeah, bare bones, had, like yeah. white walls and picnic bench. You know, all the stuff there is really good, and there's really nice furniture and tiles and custom build outs of. Yeah, we definitely went and- custom. We definitely have huge walls of custom, one of a kind blue tile yeah. that was like, it, it's, it looks great, but it's expensive. And maybe for the next one, we'll just do an accent wall or something, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe not cover the entire shop in well, beautiful I think that's tile, very inspiring because, be you know, do. 50 grand to open a restaurant is. It's pretty damn cheap. Right. So, yeah. So do you have friends that help you out? Do you have friends that are builders or design people that do design work, or just no? We didn't. And we were, again, this goes back to us. Out. Yeah, this goes back to us being naive. Um, the planning aspect about having an architect draw plans and taking those plans to the health department. I no idea. Oh, we had no. no no clue that that was even we had to do that. <laughs> um, and we then if one little thing was wrong, you you send yeah. it back and then make an appointment with us next week and yeah. try it again. Yep. Weeks. And it just and goes forever. Where the shop is in Frogtown, it's on property. It's owned by an architecture firm. Oh, right. And oh. so we got in 
into the spot and they they you know had this small building and they were like we don't know what we want to do maybe a gift shop maybe mm-hmm. a coffee shop and so we're like well we want to make sandwiches we want to make a coffee shop they're like okay it sounds great so we all got you know meeting of the minds and then if you know if just by sheer luck if they had not been architects and if they had not known a little bit about the process of getting you know opening mm-hmm. something I, it would have been incredibly harder. I mean, we looked at other spots on Sunset. We looked at a spot by Squirrel. And I'm just thinking back, like, if we had one of those spots and we didn't have any of the help that we get <laughs> being underneath an architecture oh, firm, yeah, it would very, have been and, a nightmare. And also, since it's part of their building that is, it's a crazy, beautiful building with interesting design and architecture and big windows. You can see all the stuff mm-hmm. when you look at it from far away. I'm sure they had a big input on how they want it to look to match their whole they aesthetic. Did, yeah. So they're kind of just like, step aside, bro, we'll, we'll, handle, we'll yeah. handle this part, which, which is a which huge Which helped blessing. out a lot. And they, they built a security gate for us on the front of the wall, and they gave us you know, design advice for you know, our logo. And, Thanks. Um, how convenient. Yeah. Helped us out. The health department wanted us to put a big air curtain on the front. Oh, that was the and worst. And they, they helped us out with that because as, like, they they want their building to look a certain way, mm-hmm. and putting a huge air curtain on the front of the building is not how they want it to look. No, no so no. they help us out. Oh yeah, I was gonna say for <laughs> yeah, listeners, I, yeah. Andre, I don't even know. There's those, those things when you walk into doors and it shoots like air oh, down, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To, to stop the flies coming in and out, yep. um, or mostly going in. They can go yeah. out whenever. And they, to fuck up yeah. my hair, but man, it is because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm four centimeters away from that every part. time. Those are horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Dyson needs to come up with a new a new <laughs> one that is less bulky. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. like a flu- like a fluorescent tube, just a little bar yeah, across I mean, the front. He's already just, in like, every restaurant with the hair the hand drying <laughs> wind mm-hmm. tunnel thing in the bathroom. Just use that same technology for the top. It's all flush. It's not like a, it looks like a because the regular one looks like an air conditioner unit yeah. bolted to the the side of your building. Yeah. So just it's getting so like loud. a neon with like a fly and a circle and a line through it is mm-hmm. not enough for the health department? Is that what you're trying to tell <laughs> I me? joked with them. I was like, can I just get a fly swatter? <laughs> yeah. One of those electrified rackets. Those, those, are, tennis great. Racket. those are great. And also <laughs> your restaurant best. is so small that, that that wind air curtain will just blast the whole place. Yeah. yeah. It would be very obtrusive. I mean, duh, you just like have it there. They come in, they sign it off, and you never turn it on. Like, yeah. It's just hideous, this problem. It's just obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just goes back to the city really making it tough. I mean, looking back on it, I think we basically went through the same requirements as any other restaurant kitchen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we had to, you know, abide by every other requirement of every other restaurant <clears throat> in the city. You know, and yeah, and that's how it goes. Whether or not you have a deep fryer that can do a whole buffalo, yeah, or if you are just <laughs> putting mayonnaise on sandwiches uh-huh. and putting them in a box, yeah, no difference, no difference at all. Damn son, it's hard out here. So, yeah. are you are you happy that this all worked out? Are you glad? Do you regret any of this? No, I'm I'm you're, you're incredibly happy. Okay, good. Yeah, it seemed pretty I mean, it's stressful. This is also the first year of marriage for my wife and I, mm. and so wow. we went through our first year of marriage and opened a business. Um, there's a lot going on. So there's a lot going on, and uh, but no, trying it, times. It, yeah, and she but has a background we, in food. We too. made it. Yeah, she has a background in service, front yeah. of house stuff, um, and she's great because I, you know, not like normally I'm not the the center of attention and the, the right. talker. I know I like to make the food, mm-hmm. um, 
but she's a great like we were talking about earlier i mean she'll just talk to everybody yeah. and she makes everyone feel welcome i think she's a big part of the reason why um you know we're kind of taken off in the way that we have is that people come in and she just makes them feel welcome and mm-hmm. that's what people really want when they oh, go yeah. out when they go out to eat somewhere if they go out to a restaurant they want to they just want to feel they want to feel welcome they want to feel, feel that you're happy that they're there and they want to mm-hmm. you know yeah, there's so many restaurants yeah. where the food has to be so good that I will deal with how much of a dick they are to me. Yeah. But when you can get both, it's so great. Well, it also yeah. goes back to, you know, the neighborhood you're in, Frogtown, which even Jason mentioned earlier, you, you may not have ever even been there and lived in L.A. for a while. And then that's because <clears throat> um, it's a little out of the way, for, but it's just such a residential neighborhood. There's nothing else there for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah, are you guys like the only restaurant I mean, I in the like neighborhood? you are the only restaurant. Yeah. So no, when, you, when you talk about, you know, being a neighborhood restaurant, you truly are. And that, that kind of service and that connection with the people there is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, because yeah. even though it's the only restaurant there, there are restaurants close enough where it's not kind of a food desert for, you know, 10 square miles. Mm-hmm. There are other options. But for sure, yeah. when you have something really sweet, sincere, with great food and, and people that you want to see, of course... That, that restaurant. And a place where mm-hmm. people who live in that neighborhood can actually walk yeah. their dog to oh, in the yeah. morning and get a cup yeah. of coffee. Yeah. Like Frogtown is close to everything, but also you, you have to like hop on the freeway yeah. and drive mm-hmm. two exits to get to wherever it is. Yeah. You can't just like, I'm just going to walk down. It's such, a, it's such a cool thing to have in that neighborhood. And it's so yeah, do you guys cool. have yeah, a lot of neighborhood locals who are going there for their, for their daily drip of coffee? Yeah, we have a, there, there's a lot that come by. Um, I, was, I feel like you can just survive on the coffee alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys have good coffee there. Yeah, Ritual from San Francisco roast our coffee for us. And um, again, going back to the purveyors, like they were really from the beginning, really wanted to be a part of it, and we're really excited that you know we were interested in their coffee, and you know reached out and sent us samples and just showed an active interest. So that makes sense. I mean, their their whole and their Hayes Valley location is in a is in a. In the shipping container, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. So, I mean, it's like yeah. brand identity going on. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of smart. Yeah. Don't pay a Container bros. Yeah. It's like us, my brother. Shipping containers. Same season. Um, you were also on Food Network's Chopped. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. I did Sounds do that. Like Thrilling. That happened. How long ago did you do that? That was a year ago. <laughs> 12 months ago, something like Let's that. Walk us uh, through this. Last October, I went. And I was still working at L&E at the time. Okay, so you're working at L&E Oyster Co. Yeah. Big fan of it. Yeah, Dustin yeah. Uh, Lancaster. He's, he's done this podcast before. Oh, sweet. Shout out, Dustin. Shout hey, out, Dustin. Uh, so you were yeah, working great, there. Yeah, they're great um, Making delicious. I was working there, and they originally had approached Spencer, who's the, the chef there. And he was, he was working at... He was helping you out at Wax Paper when I went in the he first was. time, and I, I, yeah. I I've hung out yeah, with him. He was I've there. Met him yeah, before, we're really great friends. But I didn't, I didn't, I was bummed. I didn't recognize him because he was like wearing his hat low and he was working. Mm-hmm. But I've, but I've totally like hung out with him before and yeah, and done stuff with yeah. him, and I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. Done stuff. Sorry, bro. <laughs> we did, we did like a little oyster demo at teasing. the at the East Side Food Festival. One, That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sorry, bro. Yeah. If you're listening, I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> so they so they reached out to him at first. He said, "Hell no." Yeah, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> "No, it's not really what I want to do." But why don't you guys reach out to Peter? He'd be great. And it's being you know being on a TV show or something is never anything that I thought about. But 
I just said, you know what, why don't I just say yes? I'll just keep saying yes and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So I just said yes, and I had to, there was an interview at the Sheraton in Universal City, and um, a couple months went by, and then they said, I got an email, and the subject was congratulations, and I was like, great. So wow. they said, yeah, come out to New York and tape an episode of this show. and um, So they flew you out, yeah. put you up, first class? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Okay, I, you know, I didn't expect it, but yeah. uh, we never. Uh, we like to go behind the scenes. Want to hear some details? <laughs> yeah. Want to hear details? Um, a small stipend. Did you win? How about that? Oh, I got yeah. incredibly close to winning. Mm. Oh, nice. um, but it's it's. I think the food that I made on the show was obviously. I mean, if if you watch the episode, you know, I don't want to shine my shoes or anything, but it was obviously like the most creative, like the most flavorful. Like I'll just say that i mean it's mm-hmm. just the truth i mean yeah. everybody has come up to me who's seen the show and said like you should have won i don't understand why you did you robbed, but it's you robbed. it's it's tv and so they got to go with uh, the person who says like oh you know i'm gonna take my winnings and i'm gonna yeah create a, a bakery for underperforming yeah, that's, what I, hate. that's what I hate about so shows, obviously man. that's why if she wins yeah. yeah wasn't there like didn't key and peel do a, a spoof on that <laughs> Sure. It was either them or somebody else where it, it started out as a food competition. It was, it was exactly like Chopped. And then by the end of it, it slowly progresses to who has the most sob story. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the food anymore. And it gets to the point where one person is like calling his mom to make sure that she's dying and like her kids burned in a fire <laughs> and they're going to donate to like AIDS research and all this stuff. That's why I've never seen that show. Yeah. But it, it sucks because like I, I I really like food competition shows, yeah. but then like I miss Iron Chef, where it was just like here's all the best ingredients, oh, yeah, here's a kitchen, just make it, and whoever has the best food, and you're gonna make yeah. cool stuff instead of like try to make this sandwich while you have all these distractions and limitations, and make you know cook me a steak with no oven or no stove. Yeah. And you have to build a fire out of twigs, and then you're like, here's a shitty steak that I made yeah. from leaves or something. Or yeah. like chopped, where it's all about. All about the story. But my I will kids say that. died in a fire, and I need to. After, after we're leaving, after the cameras are turned off, it was Aron Sanchez and Chris Santos, who were two of the judges. And the other guy was the chef of Outback. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but so, so I'm passing those two guys in the hallway, and they both, like, afterwards, you know behind the set we're walking on the hallway they stopped me and they both said like dude you killed it you did such a great job Aron Sanchez was like if you're ever in New York City you got a job like no no shit. Get wow. in touch with me. he's like you killed it you did such a great job and I was like then after I was leaving I was like well why that's two out of three so obviously it was just you know for the for the TV for right, the story, right, right. and I was on it. My my story was basically like culinary school is expensive. Like I got credit cards, I got to pay. Like that right, was basically right. yes, yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. But this we all got problems. We yeah. all got issues. My professional career, and I'm in debt following yeah. my passion. Is yeah, that, yeah. Can, yeah. That worked. That, that was that was, no. That? that was the story, but didn't didn't buy it. But what I mean, the, also getting you know that kind of job offer and that kind of recognition is, is like such a great. Side note to saying yes to something that you wouldn't necessarily expect mm-hmm. to do or set your goals to ever be on Chopped. It came up. You said yes. You were like, let's see what happens. And, you know, it's very cool. Yeah. It's, it's 
it's hard to say yes sometimes when you don't know or you've got you know you're kind of like a little, Again, naive. little trepid <laughs> yeah exactly there you go right. yeah I wonder what your next naive move is going to be yeah. <laughs> cruise ship <laughs> cruise ship <laughs> The first good, the first good food on a cruise ship in the history of somebody getting on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> so what's um, what's next for Wax Paper? Well, we're just trying to get new our new menu items. To get, what are you workshopping? Yeah. Um, some wild shit going on. <laughs> I heard rumors of a, a special bon mi. Special bon mi is happening. I think it's going to stay on the menu because it's oh, delicious. Nice. Very cool. Uh, we did that for one of the KPCC guys, Steve Julian, who's yeah. battling brain cancer. Yeah. Um, so we made a sandwich in honor of him. It's kind of like the Bon Me that's on the menu. That was really cool. I, I, um, Jason had mentioned that it was on the menu, and it was called the Steve Julian. And, and I was like, Oh my god, he's you know he's sick right now. And they've been mm-hmm. they've been talking about that on the radio. I was like, Huh, that's why it's a special sandwich. That you know, that's very yeah. cool. He's great. But I think we're also like. I think we're maxed out on the menu on the menu items at this point. We have two small fridges, and right. we're just like there's only there's you're physical limitations. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to Taco Bell it and just make new sandwiches out of the existing ingredients. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Meat, bread, and cheese, just different yeah. combinations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's you... an Ira Glass battered, <laughs> deep glass fried in between two Steve Julian yeah. bun mees with a side <laughs> of guacamolito sauce. How'd you know to do a bun me for Steve? <laughs> How'd you know Steve was a bon me? Was a serious, actually. Sandwich? This is a serious question. Um, is he a bon me head? He's a super regular good girl and a very good friend with the owner. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, first, how the, yeah. I will tell you that the first, you know, when we're just like, oh, let's make a sandwich, the first sandwich we thought about was sort of like a Caesar salad, egg salad hybrid sandwich, which is, would be delicious. But then um, my wife emailed. His wife and oh no, and, that's and why she, they, yeah. and he was like she was like well he kind of likes like meat sandwiches he wants you know he likes lots of flavor and then the idea for a bon me just came up because uh, kidding um, but no I didn't I no didn't yeah know that he was like the loves bon me well his wife and uh, and deep the owner of my restaurant they actually go to like the farmers markets together every Sunday and like hang out mm, so oh, in all of deep's right. off time she's like there hanging out with Steve. He's like he's the greatest. Mm. He's the most interesting story. He was like a former uh, police officer of LAPD. Oh wow! And I'm kidding. I don't know that. Uh, I don't want to blow up his thought, but thought it was corrupt and got out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had moral Sweet. issues with doing it, and then he yeah. just went to PCC. Yeah, so he had that honey voice pulling people over. <laughs> <laughs> Drive time. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> but I would I would imagine that um you would a special sandwich would give you a little bit of creativity when you're. Oh, for sure. To do something different and yeah. something that's exciting that's in season. Yeah. Or something that you're just into flavor wise that month and yeah. I mean, I get I get ideas every every day I would for imagine. like different I things. Oh, I would imagine different drinks. Like I'm like, why don't we not? Well, how come we don't have lemonade on the menu? Like we need yeah. to have lemonade. We need to have yeah. orange aid. We need to have different <laughs> drinks like that. And then We're, your wife's like, "Are you gonna make it? Because <laughs> I'm not gonna make it." <laughs> do we have time and space to do this, but yeah. um, like every, every day, I'm thinking about. You know, different ideas. And that the hardest thing about being a chef is satisfying that creative element and yeah. then also satisfying just, you know, the, the business and satisfying the customers and making sure the things that you do have are worthwhile and people that are coming. And Lear- Learning so. that sometimes what you want to make and you think is the best sandwich ever might not sell well yeah. or vice versa. Or be yeah. able to afford. The most popular making. sandwich you guys have could be something that you don't even really care about that much but it is what it is yeah people like the Audi Cornish a lot and I just don't 
Um, that's a great sandwich. I mean, but it's just kind of like I think it could be a lot better. But I mean, I'm trying trying to figure that out. But people order it all the time. So what, that's the one. To, so that's kind of like the what is ham, it? ham, butter, cheese, honey butter, cornichon, cornichon vinaigrette. Classic French vibes. Well, yeah. not classic, uh-huh. but like sandwich. twist, of course. But yeah, yeah. But on a baguette, but. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was very, I was very happy to see um, the Larry Mantle, who I consider a best friend, but I've never met, um, <laughs> is like the meat sandwich. Is like the the, the classic. Yeah. John like, Horn made a joke about that. That said, the Larry Mantle was full of bologna. That's crazy. You think about that? That's I, I mean, it's just like it's this the the personality of the menu is just like so so fun and not it, it's not silly. It's it's fun. It's tongue in cheek, but it's like it's so appropriate too for the sandwiches and for the area in LA. It's it's like yeah. the novelty does not wear yeah, off. Yeah, thank me. you. Yeah, uh, and also the first time I went there, I noticed that you guys were you had name tags and you were writing the name of each sandwich on the little like "Hello, my name is" sticker and putting it on there. And then the second time I went back, that was not happening. I think we may have ran out. I feel like that was getting old, perhaps. No, my wife. We, we love it. Um, I, think I think it's really cool. But yeah, I think it, I think it's a great idea. And, I think it's a great. Uh, idea I think we just ran out of. I think we just ran out of stickers. There was one time, one inc- abnormally busy day, that I had a, my coffee cup near the stickers. Oh no! And it spilled, mm. and it so it. She was not happy about that, but um, so that you <laughs> may have, you may have come like right after that. We had to get rid of a bunch of them, so. But that's Some, definitely that's definitely going to be there. That's a part of it. It'd be so funny if you guys just stopped selling it if you ran out of stickers, like if you ran out of bread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, Sorry, guys, we're done. It. I just was thinking the exact same thing. Like, <laughs> yep, we're open until the stickers run out, baby. Mm, just flip the sign. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> out of stickers. A couple of Virgos. Jeez. <laughs> it's not right without sticker. Do you use that to seal the, the paper? Seal the box. Yeah, yeah the, bo- oh, the box. The box. See, I got to go. Let's talk about this root vegetable salad slaw thingy that you guys do. Yeah. Again, the, no cooking. Delicious. No cooking required. Um, Which is sense. a weird one. It's like um, it's, it's, it's root vegetables that are shaved thinly like on a mandolin or something like yeah. that with like a mustard vinegar. Remoulade. Mustard remoulade. Yeah. But they're like very – what kind of root vegetables do you use for it? Um, parsnips, rutabagas, turnips, carrots, mm-hmm. berries. That and is awesome. And some of them are like Daikon. three, mm-hmm. four inch diameter flaps, which are <laughs> yeah. very, I mean, they're like the size of a small tortilla that's, yeah. that's very thin. So it's, I've never eaten anything yeah. like that, where it's where you have like a box of round flaps. Yeah. I ch- yeah. Like one of my, if I have a philosophy of cooking or whatever, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to make it, I want to, I don't want to cater so much to the person. You know that I just like cut everything up and make it like like a mom would cut food for her yeah. child. Like you're chewing up the like uh, if I'm the gonna baby cook bird. something for you, I'm gonna cook a piece of meat. Here you go. Like you're you're a big boy. You can cut it up. You can eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe some some of that has to do with the root vegetables. Just like I'm gonna shave the vegetables. It's delicious. Here you go. Like you can, you can eat it. There's, figure there's it out, Boza. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Figure it out. Well, that, it looks I, looks cool. You know, it, yeah. it looks cool. When I first got it, I was I was a little like, how do I eat this? Yeah. And then by the end of it, I was like, I'm glad I figured out how to eat this. Yeah. Because it's Good. kind of a Good. it's a fun little it's a fun little thing. Because it, when you normally get like a, a little coleslaw or something like that, it's just like you just shovel it in and yeah. you, you yeah, kind of know what true. to do. And I like that every layer. 
it wasn't just like here's a bunch of stuff and put it in like it was every layer was kind of Something thoughtfully yeah. seasoned correctly and dressed correctly and those little yeah. cracks of pepper throughout it and it's not just like yeah that's definitely something that's hard for and we've had people tell us this like um sean came in from symbol and uh he was like i don't think i've ever had a sandwich that was correctly seasoned before (laughs) so it's like (laughs) so like you know it's it's hard when when there's a line of people out the door to like take that little bit of salt season everything Mm -hmm. make every you know but i think it's so important because it's really Absolutely. Grating the cheese on the Ira glass. Like just little tweaks like that. Little you know. Yeah, whenever you have a I mean like avocado has to be salted and peppered every time. Tomato slices, salted and peppered, all that stuff, or else it'll just kinda But I I saw the coleslaw too and I was like, and it's great, but I was thinking, oh is this in case you want to add it to the sandwich, it's a little bit bigger. It hangs on. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> you could just make a like, sandwich out of that. It's so yeah. cool. And that's, I thought that might have been part of it. I, I mean, everybody, you look at something and you take away your own. I was like, oh, is, this, is he helping me add this to my sandwich? Because mm-hmm. he knows I like definitely it. Definitely people do that. They're like, I'll just yeah. put, put, put it on my sandwich. It was delicious. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. What kind of chips are we working with over there? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking Rust- of putting Rusty's. round things on a sandwich. Oh, right on. Rusty's Chips, Huntington Beach. I've heard of that town. That's where we're from. Uh, yeah. Nice. But we we grew up as a have a corn chip family. Oh, yeah. Oh, but then yeah, I yeah. ate a bag of Rusty's at your so spot, good. and I was like, damn, these are they're different than have a corn chips, but they're equally as enjoyable, yeah. in my opinion. Good. Yeah, they're very good. Spot on. They're really, really yeah. delicious. They're fried nicely, you know? Like, yeah. They're, they're consistent. Because yeah. have I love this near and dear, but it's like I give them leeway because they're very spotty and inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the yeah. Um, the leftover avocados you have, like a little side of guacamole coming <laughs> up in the future. What do we, it's a possibility. <laughs> Frogtown guacamole. Are you, are you not listening? There are no leftover avocados. <laughs> okay. we eat maybe out, the, maybe the ones that are less show quality. Yeah. Yeah. They're a yeah, little. For sure. You know, just do a little little cup side three bucks side of guac not with those chips. Idea. Yeah. Boom. That's how you make that Christmas bonus. Dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Food cost twenty nine percent goes to twenty eight percent. Bang bang! All right, Peter. Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast. Hey guys, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, If you live in LA or if you don't live in LA, go check out Wax Paper Sandwiches in Frogtown, first restaurant in Frogtown, which is tight. If you have an avocado tree, bring them all to him. Yes, please. <laughs> corner of Knox and Blake. <laughs> corner of Knox and Blake. That's a great corners call out. That's good. Knox and Blake's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Gang affiliated. Yeah. Knox and Blake. Uh-huh. <laughs> click, We're click. out here every day. Uh, tall Tales. I mean, not Tall Tales. Tall Tales is my other podcast. Yeah, listen to that one. The Stew Podcast is the dot com. Follow us on Instagram at them jeans, which is just me. <laughs> Andre Conopar has no social media. Wax Paper any. Co. on Instagram. Exactly, yep. Stewie Stewart That's on me. Instagram. and Somewhere on there. If you like the show, tell a friend. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us a nice rating and review. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.